Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey, all you light the fighters out there. It's David. I'm running solo with you today. Not because anything's wrong with Heidi. She's actually doing amazing. I just talked to her today simply because school starts next week in Utah. She's got more kids in school than I do. And actually, no, I think we got about the same. We both have two kids in school. She has a whole lot more going on because she's what's called a mom. I'm what's called a dad. So that means by nature, my responsibilities for the safety of my kids aren't as much as my wife. So Heidi's taking a lot of mom responsibilities, getting the kids ready. <clears throat> and I actually, uh, it's my anniversary with my wife today. So I'm recording this earlier in the day. So the only reason why Heidi's not with us is because I had to change the schedule because it's my anniversary. So if you're wondering what uh, me and the wife you're going to be doing for anniversary, one thing and one thing only for me on the actual anniversary night, I mean, meaning like, you know, for dinner is going to some sushi. You've got a great sushi restaurant here called Tsunami. So we're going to hit that up. And uh, yeah, so take the kids with us and have a good time. So today, <clears throat> excuse me, without having my fearless co-host Heidi, I want to talk about just something very simple for a few minutes uh, has to do with going back to school. So <clears throat> a little bit of info for some of our listeners who didn't know this or didn't catch this in some of the other episodes we've talked about. I'm going to be teaching, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry guys, I got really bad allergies, do not have the COVID, thankfully really bad allergies. So if you hear me sniffling and stuff, it's because of that. But um, I'm going to be teaching at a local high school here in Utah um, starting on Monday. And I'm teaching a course that I developed. And it's a course that's basically some of the best nuggets and best pieces of information that I found that helps young people just have better relationships in life. I'm going to be teaching in this course. Now, this course is titled, the name of the course is called Level Up, but the type of course, I'm calling it a social health curriculum. If you've been listening here on this podcast since we started, I talk a lot about social health and you know, social health, the ability to build, maintain, and improve relationships with other people, people that don't necessarily have the same political views, religious backgrounds, uh, ethnicity, sexual orientation, but still being able to find common ground, having mutual respect. And, you know, this is the short abbreviated version, but basically um, being able to interact, work around and with, with people of various and diverse backgrounds, life experiences, so on and so forth. Um, when we have good social health, our life benefits from it greatly. Studies in science shows that the better relationships we have in our life, the longer we are likely to live. The odds are in our favor. If we have a lot of people like us, they're not going to just let us die easily without helping us out or giving us some sort of you know, support or at least a good referral to someone that could help us out. So social health is what this class is about. And in short, I'm going to be helping young people learn and see their relationships in their life differently and then give them some tools and some abilities to uh, improve those relationships and have a lot of influence of the relationships in their life. Instead of just being upset, angry, and disgruntled people 
with the relationships in life, but teaching teenagers how to actually change the relationships for better, how to influence the people in their lives. Uh, even if it's someone as older than you, like your parent, a lot of teenagers I talk to, they say, my parents would never, they never agree with me on this, or they never let me share my feelings or opinions on this, or they'd never do this. And what I hear them saying is really, I haven't had enough experience with my parents that they would be open-minded to some of my thoughts, feelings, and opinions that I could bring these things up to them and it can go well and we can have a good conversation. And so this is something that they don't teach in school, but now they, meaning I, am introducing this into the school districts. Um, It's not social and emotional well-being, it's social health. So if you're interested, um, you can go to uh, davidkozlowski.com and check out more about it. Right now, it's not um, on sale for other high schools. We're just doing the pilot program. But hopefully at the beginning of the new year, um, the Level Up Social Health Curriculum will be available for all, you know, basically high school level students throughout the country if any schools are interested in it. And so you can just, like I said, go check it out, davidkozlowski.com. But right now, I just want to talk a little bit about my experience uh, the last couple of days getting ready to going back to um, high school, but this time I'm not going back uh, like Billy Madison to graduate because they were kind enough to give me a high school degree the first time I was there. And I'm not being sarcastic when I say give me a high school degree. I was the guy last day of school walking around with a piece of paper, begging my parents, not my parents, my teachers to sign it off and say what the grade I had because it was it was like three hours away from graduation. They weren't going to let me graduate if I didn't have a 2.0. And if I didn't get a 2.0, I wouldn't be playing football in college and I'd lost my scholarship. So there's a lot riding on it. And I had to go to this one teacher who was technically my favorite teacher, but he scared me a little bit because, you know, he was uh, always giving me a hard time, but I thought he'd give me a good grade. Thankfully, somehow he found his heart to give me a B minus, got me over the 2.0 mark. And here I am today because I don't know if any of that would have happened. I probably would have given up on school. Fortunately, I've learned how to study since then. So I'm returning back to high school, but this time as a teacher. And teaching a a course and a curriculum I'm really really excited about. For those parents out there that have kids going back to school, I want to share a few thoughts uh, with you. Uh, I'm not sure where you're listening to this from, so I can't speak for your area and your region. But I can reassure you, if your kids are going to Harriman High School, which is interesting to say because just three years ago, Harriman was known for you know, having seven suicides within their student body in the course of one year. And, um, you know, there's a lot of bad publicity. Uh, You know, a lot of people lost their jobs, not saying that it was their fault, not saying that it was their fault that, um, that these young people passed away. But it was, you know, it's what is what uh, needed to happen was change. And so they got some new people in there. And last year was their first year in there. and I'm I'm really I'm really excited about working with this administration and and this principal and these vice principals and just all the other teachers. Just met a lot of great people there so far, and they're really um, out in front of the curve and they're out in front of the pack when it comes to trying to implement not just guessing at what the kids would like, but really try to implement real growth and real change. Because you know when you have a high school that's known for having so many suicides, and even if it's not known for having suicides, just any suicides at all. You find out that as much as you want to stop suicides, as much as you want to help young people, there's also a lot to deal with in regards to um, the trauma 
the pain, um, you know, people fearing that they're going to be blamed fingers, you know, scared of fingers being pointed at, at certain people. And, and I'm just speaking generally just whenever there are lots of suicides at a high school. And, and I'm really proud to be a part of this administration because they took on a challenge taking on a school that, you know, led the state and, and I got to check it again, but someone told me that they, uh, Harriman that year had led public school districts in suicides in the country. I'm not sure if that's true. So don't quote me on that, but, um, that was the rumor that I'd heard. So for new principal, new vice principal, for new people to come in and take on this challenge, um, not only is that something that was needed, but extraordinarily brave because I don't think anyone thought that that was the ideal job coming in where all eyes are on this school, all eyes are on this community to see how they respond to this. And I can tell you they've responded, you know, not perfect because obviously, you know, there's always room for growth, but they're doing things like hiring me to come in and, and teach this curriculum. And uh, they've done a lot of other great changes, added aides and added different, you know, teachers. And and they're trying to work with the best that they can in regards to what the state's requiring for social distancing and for keeping the students safe. I know they have uh, some different protocols that they're doing to mix it up so that we can keep the numbers um, of physical kids at the school um, at a, a, a safe number so that there's not too much interaction. There's not too many kids around each other. So I know they're doing everything in, in in their power and their ability to make it a safe environment for everyone. But what I was really thinking about is the parents that are sending their kids off to school. Because sending your kid off to school, whether it's first grade, sophomore, junior, there's always going to be worries, concerns, hopes, um, goals. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot that you want your kids to achieve. When parents, um, your kids are, you know, they have a lot of things that they want to achieve too. And some of the things they want to achieve may not correlate with the things that you want them to achieve. You might be thinking great grades and they might be thinking great experiences and memories. You might be thinking, um, you know, uh, being on time to every class and, you know, and they might be thinking, Hey, just talk to your friends as long as you can and milk every second in the hallways. Um, point I'm getting at is that because you have fears and worries, concerns as parents, because your kids have fears and worries, concerns as parents, I see a lot of back to school brawling and not just this year, but every year. And that could be over, it could start at the the clothing that you're buying for your kids and they don't like it, or they don't want you to be there. They want you to let them dress a different way. That could start off some back to school brawling. Um, the overexcitement of the overconfidence of some kids, like, oh, I'm just going to show up, roll out of bed at, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, even though I've been sleeping until noon every day and everything's gonna be fine. And parents know, like, I'm gonna have to deal with a grumpy kid. And, you know, parents are getting stressed out and they start getting overwhelmed. And it's easy to have, as I mentioned, some back to school brawling. So there's just a little bit of a tidbit advice for you. Take it, you know, take it however you like to help you just help this be an easier transition. Cause let's face it, everybody's scared to death. Well, I shouldn't say everybody's scared to death. A lot of parents are scared. A lot of adults are scared. Teenagers aren't scared enough sometimes, which is part of the problem because <laughs> their prefrontal cortex, you know, all that development of their brain, not so much yet. So they're not as scared as they should be at times, but they have fears and worries too. Their, my, their fears and worries might be more revolved around social fears and worries. Their fears and worries might be resolve, revolved around, oh my gosh, I'm nervous about this class or I'm not good in math. And now this is a harder class. I barely passed last quarter. You know, is, is my ex going to be there? Are those people that, you know, I saw at the 
the skating ring going to be there that we got, you know, an argument with. Like there's so many things going through their minds. I know for the most part, most kids are excited to just be back at school because so many people have been out of school for so long. I mean, everybody's been out of school for so long, not so many, but everybody's been out of school for so long. And this is a great opportunity to just get back in the swing of things and have some sort of like, hey, this is a typical um, end of summer, fall, school starting. And, you know, nothing's, even though everything in our lives are different, it's good to have some things that still feel similar and, and somewhat normal from our past. But to help you guys avoid the back to school brawling, I think it's really important for parents if you just let your kids know, not that they have to have these worries, but you let them know some of your fears, worries, and concerns. But instead of just telling them, hey, you know, you know, you got to be worried about being at school in time. And instead of trying to make your worries, their worries, just got a simple suggestion. When you find the right time, when you find the right moment, um, in fact, it might be best to just schedule it with your teenager or your kid. Just say, hey, listen, can we talk uh, after dinner tonight? Just for like five, 10 minutes, just want to share something with you. Um, it's not good to do this in passing. It's not good to do this in the car while you're just driving and spur of the moment. You may have the idea to do it then, but it's not the best way to do it. But what I'd like you to consider doing, or if you think it's a good idea, pull your kid aside, pull your teenager aside and just say, you know what? I'm really proud of you. And give them some basic compliments of the highs during this past quarantine this summer. So even if you got to be creative parents, even if you're thinking there's not a lot of highs, my kids didn't do a lot of great things. Well, be creative. Come up with some good compliments that you can give them to show them that, hey, man, I'm proud of you, or I was impressed that you handled this, that, the other in a certain way. And then after you give them those compliments, just tell them, say, and, don't say but, say and, very important. Say, and, I wanted to share with you some of the things that I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but you know, you're uh, you're becoming so brave and you're tackling some things. I just want to let you know some of my fears and worries. That way, if as school starts, if you see me start nitpicking you about, you know, your face mask or this and that and the other, I want you to hear it from me right now when we're calm, there's no fighting, there's no arguments. What's really going through my mind and you know why I'm concerned. Now, parents, since your kids aren't parents, don't expect them to relate to you what you're about to say. So it's really important for you to keep this pretty brief and pretty short. Don't go long-winded, otherwise you'll lose them. But just get their attention. As soon as you get their attention, I'm using this example, so I'm not saying you have to say this per se, but when you get their attention, you could tell them, let's say you're worried about your kid and, and getting sick of, you know, with COVID and, you know, that was a real big concern for you. And you pull your kid aside and say, listen, I want you to have the best year possible under the circumstances. I don't expect your, you to be as scared and as fearful as I am. Okay, let's assume that your teenager is kind of like, come on, mom, come on, dad. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I read or I saw in the news that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not even real, man. COVID's not even real. Like, who knows what teenagers are going to say? But sometimes they say some things that make you just go, what? And you want to debate with them and argue with them. But in this case, I just want you to simply tell them. So, since we're not arguing, since we're not fighting, I just want to share with you real briefly for a minute where I'm at, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. That way, when school starts, if you see me say, hey, listen, I'm concerned about this. Or have you been working on this? Have you been keeping your hands washed? Have you been using hand sanitizer? You've been wearing your face mask. This could get really petty and nitpicky and really annoying now that kids are going back to school, even though parents have all the right to be fearful and worried and concerned as they should be. 
teenagers have all the right to be annoyed and bothered by being nagged about something else, even though it's for its, their own safety and their well-being. Does this sound familiar, parents? Hey, I'm trying to get my kids to do something that's going to help keep them safe, maybe alive and better their life, and they're resisting me. So to help with the the, the brawls, uh, the back-to-school brawls, set a specific time for you to talk to your kid or kids, individually, of course. And then when you tell them, hey, listen, I'm so proud of you, give them a list of things. And after you tell them how you're proud of them, or this and that and the other, then we tell them you have a little bit of a confession and that you want to tell you, you wanted to tell them your fears and your worries, your concerns, not because you think something's wrong with them. These are your fears and worries, concerns, period. This is really important not to make this part personal. Don't use examples of your fears and worries like this. Don't say, you know, I'm just really worried and scared that, you know, that, that you're going to get Corona. And your teenager or your kid be like, well, let's say it's teenager. Well, why are you worried? I mean, Corona. I don't know. You're always like hanging all over, you know, girls or hanging all over boys. You're always this, you and your, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend or sucking face all the time. And you guys are doing all this. You guys, you know, you guys don't even wash your hands and blah, blah, blah. That's not the way you want to approach it. You want to simply just say, hey, just want to let you know, I'm really concerned about the COVID. I know that you know that this is a big deal. My fears and worries are just not that you're not going to be safe, is that you're going to be unfortunate or going to have some bad luck. Now, granted, you may actually be scared that they're not going to be safe, but you're not saying that you're scared that they're going to be unsafe on purpose. This is not an intentional thing. I've yet to meet a teenager that says, hey, I'm going to try to get COVID just to like make a joke, whatever. I, I think most people realize it's a scary thing. Just most people don't want to feel like their life is being controlled by it. And teenagers don't want to feel like their life is being controlled by anything, really. So having said that, make some time, have a conversation with your kids, keep it short, tell them the compliments, your fears, your worries, your concerns, and then wrap it up with saying, but you're giving them the benefit of the doubt and that you just want to give them a little warning when you remind them, ask them for permission. I like to do this where you say, would you, it's okay if I have your permission to ask you at the end of school, you know, like, you know. You know, did you remember to do this? Were you working on that? Then if your kid says, yes, you can say, now, if you forget to do that, I won't question you and say, why not? Why not? Why not? I'm just trying to help remind you. I'm like your parent who's coaching you to just have better habits with keeping your hands and keeping yourself safe from potentially contracting any sickness, but specifically COVID. This is something I think you guys will find very effective and very helpful right now in getting back to school. I was trying to think of what was something I could share with you that I'm seeing coming across with some of my clients, some things brewing in the pot of going back to school. And that was one big one is certain adults are going to take COVID a lot more serious than teenagers. And if you're a parent trying to get your kid to take it serious, nagging them, you know, always bring it up to them, question them every single day after school is not going to get long-term the results that you want. You want them to be a partner with you. You want to remind them and they go, oh my gosh, I feel bad. I totally forgot. Instead of like, fine, mom, I, I know, I know I'm supposed to do it. You don't want to teach them how to lie to you because if they tell you that they didn't wash their hands or they forgot, you just jump down their throat and start getting all mad at them. No, that'll teach your kids to not want to tell you the truth or to be honest with you. Instead, just say, hey, would you mind if I asked you at the end of the day, you know, um, if you uh, had uh, washed your hands, did stuff like that? And if they say, no, it's fine. Don't do it every day, but like, hey, just quick little reminder, you know, to wash your hands. And you can ask every now and then. I know I'm not big on questions, but hey, you know, I just want to ask you a question. So you guys take this information. This will help you not to have some back to school brawling with your teens. Now, granted, it may, COVID was the, big, the only one I've talked about 
as an ex- example that I wanted to use is the only one I've worked with. But there might be other things. It could be failure of failing classes like you did last year, failure of hanging out with the same kids that you did last year. Remember, you want to talk to your kids about this before the school starts or in the very beginning and let them know that you trust them, you believe them. You just want to be a part of what's going on. It's a whole lot easier doing that way than just jumping down their throat and questioning about where were they at? Did they wash their hands? And and you know, really just take it to a personal level where they feel like you do not trust them. So as always, you guys, thank you for being listeners to Light the Fight. Thank you to One Hair Contacts for allowing us to do this and, and to bring this information uh, to our community. And they've been a great sponsor and support for us to do that, to bring to people here, not just through the podcast, but bring this information to people here in the state of Utah. So thank you all the listeners. And as Heidi would always say, um, thank you for helping us to light the fight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.